Hi guys. You know how I created this um Warriors fan fiction called um Outcasts? So basically I'm gonna sum it up for you if I accidentally didn't read chapter seventeen. But basically Gingerpaw gets outcast from ThunderClan. She's a rogue now. And yeah. That's what happens, and she has to leave. Um, so I wrote, I thought that was going to be the end of it, but apparently no. Uh, apparently no. Um, apparently my brain decided, no, that was only half of your plan for this actual fanfiction. So yeah, I wrote some more, and I'm on part two now, writing it. I've wrote up to part, the part two, yeah. Um, but, yeah, chapter 18, Phoenix, friends. Phoenix stepped out into, oh yeah, sorry, um, I forgot to mention this, um, Ginger Paw's new name is now Phoenix, anyways, continue. Phoenix stepped out into the undergrowth, running out of ThunderClan's territory. She was now a traitor, an outcast, a rule breaker, and she couldn't stand it. Singepaw, Phoenix called, she at least hoped to find someone she knew out here in this unknown and unpredictable world. Singepaw, where'd you go? Phoenix yelled out, her voice echoing off the trees. Singepaw wasn't the kindest person, but she was at least but at least she was familiar. Who are you? An unfamiliar voice asked. Phoenix turned but couldn't see anyone. Then the bushes rustled and a cat came out of the bushes. Her pelt was a sleek grey, kind of like fish paws. I'm Ginger, Phoenix stopped herself, realizing she wasn't from Thunder Clan anymore. She had to be a fierce rogue. And she and she wouldn't and she couldn't admit she was, or had been, from a clan. Who are you? Phoenix hissed. The cat simply nodded, narrowing her eyes. Time. I mean your name. Time flicked her tail, and it seemed as though sparks were flying out of it. Phoenix? Phoenix. No. Sorry, I did the wrong tone. Phoenix. Phoenix bitterly answered. Time then leaped at her, and Phoenix tried to haul her off. What are you doing? Phoenix, Phoenix hissed, scratching at Time's pelt. Time stood up, and Phoenix lunged. Time didn't dodge fast enough, and and had Phoenix pushed off by the time she answered. See if you're worthy, Time answered. Come with me. Time got up and started padding to a cave. Oh, where are we going? Phoenix asked. You'll see. Time padded into the cave, and there were multiple cats all sitting up or standing with pleasure on their faces. Phoenix is his brook. Time pointed to another cat with sleek black and gray fur. Waft. Time pointed to another cat with pure white fur. And solar flare. Time gestured to a cat with black and silver fur like the moon. Everyone, this is Phoenix. Time gestured to Phoenix, and all the cats nodded. Phoenix, we welcome you as a full outcast, and you are now part of this tribe, the outcasts. Time introduced, and all cats bowed for a moment, then stood back up. Then Phoenix realized that maybe it wouldn't be so bad here. Maybe she she could get back into the clans. Maybe she could find Sinjpa. Okay. And then part two. And now we know Gingerpaw, or Phoenix, has been outcast from ThunderClan and has found friends. We know for a fact that Phoenix didn't do anything wrong on purpose wherever she, whenever she was in ThunderClan. And we know that her biggest secret right now from the, outcast, from the outcasts is that she was part of ThunderClan first. That her real name was Gingerpaw. That she wouldn't have been outcast if she hadn't found... If she had found ThunderClan the night at the gathering... But what will happen in part two to the Reckless Phoenix? 
will she get back into the clan? Or will she stay with her new friends? Or will she forge her own path and find and, and find Singepaw? Okay, that's all I have so far for like the rest of the thing. Uh, I'm happy that I did that though. Also, I have a new fan fiction called Night and Sea. And here, I'm gonna read it to you. Okay, let's see, I'm gonna read the, um, you know, the, um, thing that, like, the, um, what is it called? Synopsis, synopsis, the, the sum up thing. Okay, the sum up thing, the synopsis is starting now. A new war has sparked. A new war between what seems like the most powerful tribe in Pyria and the most useless one with no defense except sheltered pal- palaces. New things flash upon dragons' faces now. New and strange things. Drench is a nightwing and seeming hybrid, and our two home tribes are currently in war. Shore is a regular headstrong seeming who hates nightlings and is cousin to Queen Rainfall's daughter, Ripple. And Starreader is the first nightwing in centuries who has the powers of mind-reading, giving prophecies, and foresight who who doesn't want this war to happen because it could affect the future, really. Okay, prologue. How the war started. Queen Pebble patiently sat down, her gaze fixed on Queen Starless of the Nightwings. You're very surprising, Queen Starless hissed. But what about the others? Queen Starless asked. Queen Pebble shifted to her position. Well, if you want to hear me honestly, Queen Pebble started. I do want to hear you honestly. Queen Starless fixed her her pale purple eyed gaze on Queen Pebble. I don't like mudwings. They're not very powerful. They just have fire. I really disagree with whoever says rainwings are lazy because they're not. They can shoot venom. I don't know how I feel about sandwings. They're just scorpions scorpions formed into dragons. Icewings are glittery and beautiful, and I want their scales so I can become glittery like a real queen would be. My only comment on skywings is that they're too violent. The best tribe is the seawings, though, Queen Pebble rambled on. What about the nightwings? Queen Charles asked. Oh, uh, well, Queen Pebble started. Honestly, honestly, Queen Charles reminded. Queen Pebble took a breath. I don't really trust them. They're strange, Queen Pebble inquired. Queen Charles hissed softly. So you don't trust my tribe? Queen Charles hissed defensively. Queen Pebble opened her mouth, but Queen Charles cut her off. And then leave, Queen Charles yelled, waving her talons at Queen Pebble. No, no, I mean, I trust the Nightwings. I'm just concerned that they have powers, Queen Pebble defended. We haven't had those powers in centuries, and you still believe we're dangerous, unpredictable? We're allies, Queen Charles hissed, spitting out every word as if it, as if it were a dagger thrown at Queen Pebble. I know. I don't think you're dangerous. I don't, Queen Pebble calmly yelled. Queen Charles hissed. No, you do. Stop lying. You do, and you know perfectly well. You think we're dangerous. You think we're unpredictable, and you think we're harmful. Like, we could be in a crime at any minute and say we didn't commit it, but did. Queen Charles finished. This is war. Queen Charles hissed bitterly, then walked away. Okay, chapter one. And also, I only have, like, a quarter of chapter two on, on this done. It was it was started recently. Okay, chapter one. Ten years later. Sure. Shore tumbled into Princess Ripple as she let the warm sand satisfy herself. All her worries had melted away, and she'd forgot that Ripple was there. Oops, sorry, Ripple. Shore nervously apologized as she got up. Oh, uh, you're fine. Ripple placed her talons in the sand. They rarely came out here to the beach, where the ocean meets the sand. The shoreline. What were we doing again? Shore asked forgetfully. Going to the rainforest, Ripple reminded. How does going to the rainforest affect winning the war? Shore confusedly asked. Taking another step into the sand, close to Ripple, 
You'll see, Ripple responded, and then lifted into the air. Come on, she called. Ashore has saw this side of Ripple often when they flew. It was her wild side, according to Shore, but she never admitted that to Ripple. Ripple wanted to be calm and queenly, so her mother, so her mother, Queen Rainfall, the new queen after ten years, would agree to let Ripple be be queen in ten more years. They were ten, after all. When do you think I'll have a chance to be queen? Shore asked curiously, lifting into the sky and easily catching up to Ripple. I don't know. You are my cousin, after all. Ripple thought for a moment. Maybe you could challenge my daughter when I'm queen, Ripple suggested. Your daughter would be like four and I'd be, what, twenty? That would be an easy win, Shore scoffed. Oh, Ripple thought out loud, and it sounded so blank-minded that it sent them both tumbling in the air laughing. Okay, anyway, Ripple Ripple conjured, coming back to sense seriousness. They followed the winding path of the land of... Of the land of land of the Bay of a Thousand Scales, almost there. We just have to make it past the scavenger dens. Ripple instructed. The caves of the scavenger dens appeared as they flew, and then Ripple rambled on about what the rainforest was like. But Shore didn't listen. Her mind whirled on. Her mind whirled about how to win the Nightwing ensuing war, about how to crush the Nightwing Queen under her talons, how all the Seawings would beg her to stay with the tribe as she set off to go. Oh, um, and find another continent, another continent with another war to stop, another war Shore would stop, and Shore would get extra credit for it, for stopping a war that wasn't even her business. I will stop this war, Shore thought, determined, even if I have to travel to the rainforest alone, even if I have to face a hundred, no, a thousand Nightwings, I will stop it, I will save the Seawings, then I will run to the Nightwing Queen and chase her out of Pyrea, and she will never be seen again, Shore thought. Then trees appeared, all crowded together, as if someone crammed them all there and told them to stay in the exact same crammed position. We're here, Ripple exclaimed, landing. They landed, and Shore sank her talons into the grass. It felt soft. No, it felt amazing. It was the most amazing thing Shore has ever sunk her talons into, along with the sand on the beach. Come on, Ripple whispered. Why is she whispering, Shore wondered as they walked. The rainforest was densely coated in trees. And there were sloths everywhere. Come on, come on, Ripple repeated. And they ducked underneath a tree and into a tunnel. What is this place, Shore asks. She'd never heard of anything like this in the rain in the rainforest before. Ripple didn't answer. Doesn't doesn't answer. And it's dark for a moment. And her talent stops echoing. Then Shore sees light. Bright light. Are we at the other side of the rainforest? She wondered. Drench, Shore hears Ripple call, then sees her outline against the shadows. Where are you? You said to meet us here, didn't you? Ripple asks. Then Shore sees another outline of a dragon. We should move into the light, the dragon says, gesturing to the opening. She walked into the opening, waiting for the others to follow her. Let's go. Ripple walked into the opening, Shore falling. Once Shore stepped into the light, she saw the dragon that Ripple had been following and possibly looking for. Her scales were a dark, deep blue, unlike regular sea wings. And she had teal bioluminescent scales on her head, and and she had teal bioluminescent scales on her head. There were waving lines of dark blue and lighter blue, a regular blue. She had light light blue wings, with black rims and black speckles at the bottoms of them, which discontinued in the middle section of her wings and didn't come back at the top. They were only at the bottom, like something with black bubbles was bubbling at the bottoms of her wings and escaping into the atmosphere, disappearing once they got high. In the air, hello, Drench, Ripple starts, and Drench nods her head, but doesn't bow like she should. Ripple was a princess. Everyone should bow in her presence. How do you feel about the war? 
Okay, chapter two, and I only have like half of this done. Just warning you. So I'm still working on this one. Chapter two, Drench. I hate it, Drench simply answered, because I'm assuming Nightwing Drench finished. Drench heard Chora's brain start spinning. Wait, can she read my mind? Shore thought, seeming to panic. Yes, I can read your mind, Shore, Drench notified. Shore just nodded, but her mind was whirling now. How does she know my name? Can she see Ack? She's reading my mind again, isn't she? Shore thought. Yes, I'm reading your mind again. I know your name because I've read people's minds. It's very easy to know someone's name without having been properly introduced when you can read minds. Drench spoke calmly. But you don't have... But don't you have... Shore was cut off by Drench. Seeing the future giving prophecies? No, I only have mind reading and breathing underwater. Shore seemed to be less panic-stricken with his information. But I do know a dragonite named Star Reader, and she can read minds to see the future and give prophecies. She probably knows more about us than we do than we know than we know about her drench explained drench noticed shore's tail twitching ever, twitch ever so slightly star reader i thought well we might need us here in the future oh and if drench can hear this you're now officially a privacy invader rummaging through people's thoughts get out drench staggered back a little at shore's thoughts good shore thought Drench silently hissed at Shore. Do you want to stop it or anything? Ripple asked, clearly trying to strike up more conversation. Yes, why would you think I wouldn't? Drench answered, seeming offended to Ripple. Ripple's thoughts were calm, but also, oops, I offended Drench, sorry. And Drench was at least happy that Ripple wasn't mean like Shore. Why? Shore hissed. I'm a hybrid, Drench hissed back. Okay, that's all I have for Night and Sea, Wings of Fire fanfiction so far. And also, I have Withering Roses that I started yesterday. Prologue. Also, it only has up to like half of chapter one because I started it yesterday. So, yeah, just warning. Prologue, how she met with her. Fantasy slipped out of the shadows, climbing out of the hideout she had made. Her scales turned invisible invisible as she crept through the rainforest she hoped to find a few dragons who were willing to help with fantasy's project of course she would need need help on this it was big it was something only a dragon as committed as fantasy would be able to pull off and maybe actually succeed for once the scrolls fantasy had read when she was a dragonette were always saying that the good guy always wins and the bad guy always loses the good triumphs evil but fantasy wanted to prove the world wrong for once she wanted to change the maps and scrolls of hyria she wanted to prove to everyone that it could be done then fantasy saw an egg in the light she padded quietly toward it no one was there fantasy nudged the egg with her wing i ain't curious you you will be perfect fantasy whispered into the egg she carefully picked it up i will call you wither fantasy stated walking back to her hideout then fantasy's hope was lit aflame wither was going to accomplish what was going to accomplish what fantasy possibly couldn't maybe evil could win this time Okay, and then chapter one, more like it. Okay, chapter one, five years later. Wither breathed in the musty air of the underground cave. She was in the main room, where you can relax in hammocks or prepare and eat food. Fantasy liked to call her to the castle room, and Wither had no idea why. Sorry, that's just my dog barking. Um, and there was nothing about this room that was cast like a castle or whatnot. It was just soil, mud, and dirt underneath the rainforest, and all its railings who have no clue about about what fantasy has done. 
Wither, don't be late, Tapir nervously squeaked behind Wither. Yes, I know, Wither responded, a tinge of annoyance in her voice. It's in one hour, and Tapir reminded. Yes, yes, go on, Stormcloud prompted next to Tapir, who scurried away. Wither caught a glimpse of Tapir's brown scales as he, as he ran off, going to what looked like the meeting room, or as Fantasy called it, the you-all-sit-in-that-talk-room. Stormcloud was behind Wither now, and Wither whirled around. Stormcloud's wings flailed up and down, up and touched the ceiling as she tried to back up from Wither so they didn't hit each other hit each other. A little dirt came sprinkling down from the ceiling, and they both dodged it, avoiding get it, getting it patter, pattering on their heads. So, Stormcloud started clearing her throat. Her scales were a pale, darkish blue, and her underbelly was pure white. With her scales were gray, and with a white underbelly. The patterns on both of the dragon scales were black, but Stormclouds weren't as black as Withers. They both looked more like a rainwing and icewing hybrid than a natural rainwing. The meeting, Wither tried to strike up a conversation, but it didn't seem to be working as well as she thought it would. They both stood there silent for a moment, thinking, Oh yeah, the meeting's room called started. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Also, I have this one thing. The Magical Cats and the Wolf of Lost Stars 2.0. And I only have chapter one released with Tree Star. Chapter one, Tree Star. The eight cats jumped into the about-to-be-active volcano, leaning back and letting their wings droop as they fell into the lava. The volcano spewed up the lava as the cats fell. A white-pelted cat with icy blue eyes flew over to the volcano. Her wings were a crystal blue, almost looking like they were shimmering. A fire star, she called, her voice sounding brave and demanding. A cat with pure orange eyes and orange wings flew out of the volcano. The tips of his wings were scorching black. Yes, Firestar asked with displeasure, wondering why the cat was here. What do you want? Firestar snarled. Of course he chooses to break the peace, Firestar thought. I disappointed. Firestar opened her mouth to speak. Well, I came to report that Treestar wants to see you, Firestar responded as calmly as, it, as, he, as she could. I already told you. I can't. I already told you. I can't meet with him. Firestar started turning around to leap back into the volcano, but Firestar stopped him. No, you told Riverstar that. Iistar corrected. Firestar growled and turned back around. I already told you. I can't meet with him. I can't meet with him, and I won't. Firestar spat. He started flying quickly toward Iistar. Iistar turned, flying fast. Once she got to the from, to the river, a familiar landmark part of Ice Clan territory, she yelled, Fawnstar, Dewstar! Two cats leapt out of the bushes, leaping at Firestar, but Iistar didn't recognize the familiar white flecks on Fawnstar's wings or the beautiful light gray of Dewstar's pelt. Firestar fled, flying back to the volcano, and the two cats turned around with comforting gazes toward Iistar. Who are you? Iistar hissed. I am what one cat spoke for, the other one cut her off. Phantom and ghost. You, the two cats with dusty black pelts, answered with strong and confident voices. You, your Iistar was cut off. Devastatia. Tell this cat who we are, Phantom growled. Another cat leaped out from behind the bushes. From behind the bushes. We are part of Wish Clan. And Devastatia was cut off by Ghost, waving her wing in front of De- Devastatia's face. I start gasped. Which clan she had to leave? She had to tell the others. She had to avoid this clan as much as possible. You aren't clan cats. You don't have star at the end of your names. I start scoffed. And then flew off back to Ice Clan's territory, seeing she had offended the cats. You'll be sorry for that, one of the cats angrily hissed, and I start dove into Ice Clan camp. Okay. There's that. And then... I have... The mysterious fog and the telepathic um, powers of Flora Willock. Willock. Chapter 1. Um, 
Oh, wait, no, I'm going to read the, um, wait, no, I, I have already read that, but chapter one, the rolling fog. Flora stepped on to the patio littered with small raindrops. Ella, we should go inside. It's starting to rain. Flora started to protest, but Ella, her older sister, hushed her. No, we're going to stay here. Look how peaceful it is. Ella waved her hand toward the sky, which was now darkening from the rainfall. A light pitter-patter sounded as the rain hit the roof over their house. The black shingles on the roof tried to escape and flee from the water, but they were firmly placed and couldn't go down the trickle that was now starting to drip into the driveway from the roof. Uh, we actually showed Ella's voice trailed up off as the raindrops flew harder to the ground. Come on, Flora grabbed Ella's arm and raced inside, both of them slightly wet. Oh, there you are. We thought you'd never come inside, their dad exclaimed chokingly. We're never going to come outside. In inside, you got that right. Ella turned around and started walking back outside. Of course, Flora had no choice but to follow her, because when they were younger, Ella and Flora played a game. The rules of the game were that if Ella won, Flora would have to do everything. Would have to do anything she wanted Flora to do. If if Flora won, then that didn't happen. Ella ended up winning. Forgot about winning for a while, so Flora didn't have to follow her around everywhere and do what she command and do what she commands. Then one day, Ella brought it up again, and they started doing it again. So now Flora had to do everything Ella wanted, and in this case, Ella wanted her to come back outside again. Flora silently moaned and then followed Ella outside. Now, guess what Flora saw? Yes, Flora saw that the ground was completely wet and soaked, and that everything around them was soaked. Ella, let's just go inside. We're going to get soaked anyway. Flora pulled on Ella's arm, trying to, to drag her back into the house. Ella stood as still as a statue, pulling Flora back up to face the rain. Ella pulled on Flora, and Flora couldn't hold in and gave in the pull. They both started walking into the rain, and Flora could feel the raindrops pattering on her forehead. Ella saved Willock. We cannot go into the pouring rain without getting ourselves soaked, and I would rather not have another bath, Flora argued. Ella turned around, opening her mouth to speak. Flora Rosette Willock, we are going to get soaked, and we are going to feel peaceful afterward. There's nothing wrong with Lorraine water, Ella argued back. Ella, let's just go inside already, Flora complained. Look, Ella pointed toward the sky, and they both stared at what was forming. Big, dark clouds were in a giant group together and were crossing the sky fast. Booming noise sounded from above them, and the clouds drifted over their house. Ella, inside and now, Flora demandingly ordered. Ella stayed still, and the fog left the neighborhood and moved on to the next. What was that? Ella asked, pointing at the sky and muttering to herself. I don't know, but that's where we're supposed to be inside, Flora hissed. They both ran inside, Flora pulling on Ella's arm. Chapter 2, Discovery. And there's not very much of Chapter 2, because I'm still working on this one as well. Okay, chapter two, discovery. Flora stared down at her desk. This is so boring. Flora thought she was in science class, and their, and their substitute was the most boring person in the world when it came to science. Okay, and that's what I've got so far at that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, so uh, bye, because I don't really know what else to do. Hmm. Wait, I'm going to read a Mad Lib that... I'm going to read two Mad Libs that... I made one of them I made with my friend. But I'm going to read some Mad Libs. Uh, okay. Mad Libs. Uh, no, not that one. Not that one. We didn't do this one. Where is it? Okay, Mad Libs. Wanted parent chaperones. That's what we're doing. 
Are you daring, adventurous, and yellow? Does the thought of driving in a stuffy, cramped lily with a bunch of loud, boisterous water lilies make your toes beat with excitement? Can you picture yourself herding rowdy white children like a pack of pygmy tapiars? Wait, no. I want to change a word. I'm going to change a word. Rowdy loud children like a pack of pygmy tapiars? If so, then you could be a field trip chaperone. Join our team of ultra-responsible adult stores charged with making sure that students walk and not hop around a zoo, a museum, um, the um, Yellowstone, or whatever location their marvelous teacher has selected for for the field trip. While previous experience is not required, candidates who can manage up to 3 billion puppies at any given time while, ma- while maintaining a mashed sense of humor are preferred. Those with eyes in the back of their hand strand- hair strands will be given top consideration. And while there's no salary, the joy of seeing shimmering expressions on the kids' fingers as they learn something new will be reward enough. If this sounds like a beautiful job, leap today for an application. <laughs> Okay, that was the one I made on my own, and then I made one with my friend here. Um, I made this one with my friend. Mad lips, permission slip. Dear parents, our class will be going on a sparkly field trip to Waddling Rivers State Park next Friday. The cost of the trip is $2,373, and we will be traveling to the park by food. The purpose of this magnificent trip is to, is to support what we've been learning in science class about the flowers, wildlife, and penguins native to, the, native to Africa. The trip will, inc- will include a guided tour of the park by park ranger Taylor Swift. Be sure to remind your child to wear comfortable rocks on his or her legs because he or she will be walking and sitting throughout the park the entire today the entire day. Also, please be sure to pack a brown lunch in a brown paper human, including some bottled soda. We are also asking for several sparkles to serve as chaperones on this trip. You will oversee a group of six sparks. If interested, please call Principal Ed Sheeran at, at the school. Thank you in, adv- in advance for encouraging your children to behave like young ladies in hoops. And that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm.